You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Those Buttons podcast about Warcraft story and lore. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm Gragthar, Torn Hunter on Skywall US. And I'm Katie, Clanger Goblin Resto Shaman on Earthen Ring US. And today is February 2nd, 2022. I feel like Woo! we've recorded this episode before. I know, but it's like 2202022. Lots of twos today. It's exciting. I think two, two, February 20th might be. I don't know. I oh, yeah. It, it depends 22nd. what day. Yeah, like, or, I yeah, think 20th. in Europe, I think February 22nd will be 2202-2022. So it'll be like a palindrome. Huh. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's only because they write their calendar week. Yes. They, they write it wrong, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so this is episode number 141, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to not talk about the lore in the way that we usually do today um, i don't know this is it's kind of like it's in our wheelhouse because oh no, it, it, out of it our is, wheelhouse. but it's not like we have like it's not like we have like oh here's a like topic or a question well i mean we do have a topic but like <laughs> you know, we're not just flying by the seat of our pants even though it feels like that most weeks i mean well, yes katie says shifty eyes of course we, we, never we, we might we might be wearing looser pants this week than, <laughs> than we'll put it that way this is just going to be called the Loose Pants episode. <laughs> That's not going to get us in trouble, I'm sure. I'm, I'm just going to, yeah, the cover image is just going to be a big pair of baggy pants. <laughs> Beautiful. That's going to confuse the heck out of people. They like, do I even want to listen to you guys? We haven't even gotten into the meat of the episode. We're we'll already put, talking about pants. We'll put Sylvanas in parachute pants. That? <laughs> That's an image I kind of actually want to see. <laughs> It should be an orc because the orcs do the hammer dance and hammer always wore parachute pants. Oh my gosh. Isn't there, isn't that was like, um, either my flame or Mindy flame or whatever his name was when he did, um, uh, like thralls party or whatever. Oh my gosh. There, there was a YouTube video, uh, from the, it was from the illegal Danish. I think it was the illegal Danish too. Uh, where there's like a party in thralls pad. Right. And like, I'm pretty sure, I don't know. It just, it's very silly. So if anyone wants to see something incredibly silly and pretty old, the Illegal Danish is a great machinima. So go watch it. It's just whimsical. It's my favorite WoW machinima, probably. But part two is what I'm talking about, because Basutai gets launched into Orgrimmar for reasons I will not say. I thought for a minute there you were going to say there's a party in, Paul, in Thrall's pants. <laughs> well, go watch the video. <laughs> and, and, and Jaina's invited, right? Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, this is right. pre-Agra, so, you know, anything goes. Well, I'd, I'd hope Agra's invited at this point. Well, yeah, but I meant that this video takes place pre-Agra, so, you know, anything goes in that ancient history. Yes. So, no. So, what we're going to talk about is uh, yesterday, February 1st, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. No, it was Monday, because today's Wednesday. Monday was a big day. January 31st, a lot of big announcements coming out of Blizzard, but one in particular really seemed to get the crowd riled up, and that was the announcement that cross-faction raiding or cross-faction instances are on their way. They'll be on the PTR for patch 9.2.5, so before the end of Shadowlands, we will have that in the game. Uh, This is something people have been calling for for a long time, uh, and it's something that Blizzard is very slowly been seeding ground on where at first they were like, no, we'd never do that. And then they were like, well, never say never, you know, we're, maybe we're looking into it, but you know, it's not easy. And now they're like, okay, we, we you know, it's still not going to be easy, but we're ready to start actually implementing it. So they're going to put it on the PTR. It's going to be fun uh, to look at. And Ian uh, made a statement. I think it was an interview. I forget with which outlet, uh, but, but he said something along the lines of, 
or maybe it wasn't Ian. Maybe it was just this, the the statement that they released. But they talked about how there's still animosity between the two factions, mm-hmm. and they want to maintain that. And so this will be an opt in experience. Yeah. That- well, I was gonna say this really addresses a lot of people that want that, like a third or a neutral faction, or just to, to get rid of factions altogether. Like this is a great way to say no. Narratively, we really can't get rid of factions because honestly, that would ruin a lot of things so i'm glad that they're not doing that but like this is an excellent way to say hey we'll still let you play together in some capacity but still also maintain and retain your faction pride right because i mean i'm sitting here in a horde chair right i'm like yeah i mean i'll play with someone on the alliance but I'm like yeah loktaro gar like the horde is my home so it's it's kind of one of those things that i thought it was a really cool move but oh, no. well the main problem this seems like it's trying to solve is that how how many times have you met somebody outside of the game and they're like you're yeah. like hey you play well oh, I play well and it's like well what faction do you play and they're like I play horde I play alliance and they're like uh you know and maybe you make a little like all right well get you next time you alliance <laughs> scum you know hopefully in jest although you know some people do tend to take this stuff a little too seriously and we'll probably talk about that in a moment but you know but at that point you kind of realize like oh like even though we play the same game we can't play together because of these lines that were drawn back in 2004 and so. It makes sense. Like, okay, on that level, that should be removed. Like, I play Horde, I play Alliance. Let's figure out, you know, or Blizzard's going to figure out a way to allow you, you, you to do that. And, I mean, I I have, you know, I play Horde, uh, you know, over on WoW Talk. Um, you know, and you were a member of them, too, of Order of Corrupted Souls, Ray's Guild. Yep. And so, you know, so, yeah, so I've, I never played with Clanker proper. I forget, <laughs> what, I forget what your character's name was, but, you know, we were in the same guild, both hunters together. Yeah, no, it was uh, Moonran Sky. Yes, that's yep. right. <laughs> and that's one of those where it's like, you're right. It, it, you, I like have like one or two Alliance characters just so I can play with people on the Alliance if they have Alliance tunes. But it's like, it's always kind of felt bad. Because like, I've definitely gone and like met up with people on their Alliance characters as a Horde character. And then we just like talk in Discord or something. But it's not the same because then you try, you forget and you inevitably try and type them something. If they're not your battle net friend, it just comes out as, and you're like, right, right. Can't understand the other faction. To be fair, I love that. It's a great lore thing, but kind of impractical in game. Well, I think the trick is to, you know, some people have figured out some short phrases to be able to, to communicate that way. Um, I mean, it's exactly, it's a code. It's, it's, it's just another code to have to solve. But Quapon Ubinlo, I'm trying to remember. There's a very specific phrase for I need help or like help me. And the Alliance characters will yell it and you can like type it in Orcish or you can type it on your side and then like spit it out and the, the Alliance people will see it. It's great. Okay. I have an idea Uh-oh. for an April Fool's episode. Oh, no. I don't think this is something we'll ever do because the amount of effort it's going to take here. But if anybody wants to pick this up and run with it, uh, you know, feel free here. We 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 write out the script for an episode. Oh god! And then we, one of us we get in the game. One of us on alliance. One of us on horde. Oh, and the, the person in horde says it all. And then the person in alliance transcribes what comes out. And then we read that transcription. So the entire episode is oh, in garbled god. speak. <laughs> that would be amazing and horrible. I mean, the other thing we could do is just play a guessing game. I speak in goblin. You speak in Torin. Or <laughs> and then we just try and figure out what we're saying the whole time. I should actually speak in Torah. Hey, you're right. Yeah, right? <laughs> Make this show more authentic, yes. Yeah. I, well, if I'm going to speak in, in Goblin, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. They have a lot of very hard consonants in their, uh, their language. <laughs> It'll be fun, though. It's worth a challenge. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Someone actually pieces it together, they'd be like... They're not even, it's not even a conversation. They're just like both reading off recipe lists. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Actually, we, we should put all that information on top of a recipe because you always have to have an essay before you put a recipe online. That's true. <laughs> I should do it for the goblin shortbread cookies. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so what we want to talk about as it pertains to that is some of the lore behind the the factions working together, not working together. Um, Just kind of evaluate where the factions stand. How much sense does this make? Are they doing enough as far as how they're implementing it? Could they be doing more? Should there be a third faction or is this an adequate, uh, is this an adequate solution to the problem? Yes. Like, I think 
What's neat I, that a lot of people may or may not realize is that there are a lot of instances where the Horde and Alliance work together, and there's a lot of instances where people of the races that are aligned factionally, they themselves are not factionally aligned, so then they work with, you know, the opposite faction. Uh, there's a lot of instances. I mean, Warcraft is a world of gray. I think most people know that by now. But, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of instances. Even in the uh, Chronicle book, I'm fairly certain there's one or two instances that they mention where it's like, heroes from the Alliance and the Horde took down X. And I was just like, wow, both of them at the same time instead of being one or the other? That's a surprise. So. Uh, it makes sense. There's a... I think the thing is that overall, the the factions shouldn't work together. Like, there should mm -hmm. be some general animosity it shouldn't be that easy. Like it should take a world ending calamity to really get people to work together. But in small groups, when it, you have, you know, like maybe, you know, even if you have like say 24, you know, or 19, I guess 19 would be the number like 19, uh, you know, mythically eclipsed Alliance members. And then one mythically eclipsed horde member, like in a small enough group, like, yeah, they should unite for a given threat. Well, I think, that Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that makes sense. That that kind of makes sense. That's what you see in the game. Is you know you're not seeing like the armies physically unite into one massive group. At least not yet. Well, I mean, except for Legion in, Front, but except for Legion Front, but that was again a, a world-ending threat. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But I was gonna say, I think, and I, I know I talked about this on Twitter briefly. Um, but one of my favorite instances, one of my favorite videos in World of Warcraft is the Pandaria one, right? And that one I feel like encapsulates the Horde and the Alliance the best, right? Because you have the the Horde or the Alliance Admiral, and then you have like the Horde mercenary, and they're both walking around in Pandaria, this very foreign land. Uh, and the second they see each other, they're like, ah, attack! And they attack each other until they see something they don't know, which is the Pandaren. And then, like, <laughs> as I said, my very favorite scene is that Alliance soldier who has like his kind of broken sword, and he had made this like long i guess it's almost like a spear that's made out of like bamboo or a stick or something like that and he just casually doesn't even look at the orc he just hands it to the orc and the orc takes it because the orc's uh, axe has been knocked out of his hand so it's just like okay here you take this i'll take this and we're going to attack this thing and once we're done killing it then we're going to attack each other but until it's dead we're allies and i was like that what? is just such that just so encapsulates warcraft to me and i love it well, there's two things in that cinematic. One is that it's not just that they, they encounter something they don't know. It's that the thing that they don't know is kicking their ass. Yes, this is true. That's very true. <laughs> like if, he, it, if, if it showed up lantern. and it was, if it was struggling against the two of them, yeah, like then, you know, they'd be like, okay, like it'd just be kind of like a three-way melee. Mm -hmm. But it shows up, it starts beating them and they're like, okay, we can only beat this if we work together. Yes, yes. And, they're, and even and that, you know, they're incorrect. But right. the other thing too is there's a part where when they're fighting against it, the, uh, the, the orc, I think he has the, I think he has the, he still has the, not, not the ax, but like the, the top yeah, of the one thing yeah, that he like ripped the, off. Yeah. He rips off the, and, yeah. It's like a lantern the, or something. And the humans got the sword and they go to, they both go to strike at the panda and the panda moves and then they're about to hit each other. And they stop and kind of like pause, like, whoa, like I wasn't trying to hit you. Right. And it's, 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 an inter it's interesting because like a moment ago, yes, you absolutely were trying to hit each other. Mm -hmm. So like, like already that had like the, the shift, the, you know, the dynamic had shifted and it's, it's just, it's good because we've seen, we've seen this repeated so many times throughout the lore, um, you know, in the books, you know, even, you know, sometimes it's characters willingly working together. Sometimes it's characters begrudgingly working together. And you know, now we can kind of replicate that where like, yeah, you can have some friends and maybe you don't really want to play on your, you know, with their Alliance Guild, but you have to. So you can begrudgingly work with them or you can, you know, actively work with them. I guess the, the nice thing is that this you, this has to be a pre-made group. This isn't yes. just you're randomly thrown. Like, it's not going to be like the the Dungeon Finder. It's not going to, you know, the the, the LFG well, random stuff. Not LFG, the, ran the, the random stuff. The random, like, right. you know, like if say, you do like LF LFR. An opt-in where you can. Because I wouldn't be surprised if they make it so, like, if you opt in to cross-faction play, then you can be randomly assigned with someone in a dungeon. Otherwise, uh, it, but I think, uh, at least at the start, they're, right, like you, what you say, they're, they're predetermined groups. Like, you 
both opt in to do this and then you can play together. Um, yeah. Which is exciting. Because <laughs> honestly, yeah, there are days when you can't fill the raid group and you're like, oh, I have this really great friend who's like a top tier raider in, oh, they're Alliance. Wop wop. So yep. I've had that happen to me where people are like, oh yeah, we could use you as a healer. I'm like, are you Horde? And they're like, actually, we don't need you as a healer. I'm like, ouch. <laughs> right. So. No, but I mean, I guess, you know, we already talked a little bit about like sort of the, the, the original like Alliance and Horde partnership is Jaina and Thrall. Yes. Like their their friendship going back to Warcraft three, going back to uh, you know the Battle of Mount Hyjal, mm-hmm. um, you know they really, you know I mean it became it became enough of a joke. We even referenced it earlier that oh like Jaden and Thrall they should you know they're gonna hook up or something. And, <laughs> and, and you could argue I mean Thrall well I don't know if Teresa uh, Foxen really counts as a member of the Alliance. Uh, I mean like kind of for those of you that aren't familiar that was like. She was like a sister to Thrall, I'm pretty sure. She was more, was very platonic as far as I understand. That doesn't stop people from shipping them, but she's also very dead, so she's not really on the board at the moment. (laughs) That doesn't necessarily have to stop anything at this point. No, no. I mean, we have Forsaken in our world, so that's... Yeah. And for that matter, Thrall's currently in the afterlife anyway, so... True. I actually don't think we've come across her yet. That would have been interesting. Anyway. I would think there's no need to, or at least story-wise. I mean, he's getting enough. He's getting enough uh, attention meeting his mother. So he is. No, it just would have been interesting as a uh, a lore character, like just to see her or like come across someone that's named that, but they look different. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It was just one of those like thoughts where like, oh, that would have been an interesting lore nugget to throw in there for those that were looking for it. But, uh, but yeah, no, she's she, she's been dead for quite some time now. Like yes. E.E.D. dead. Yeah. So <laughs> no. So so I mean, you know, they're I mean, they're the original cross faction to the point that Jaina sacrifices her father. Yes. For the horde, um, that because she she at least believes in what they're doing and respects what they're doing enough that she understands like her father is kind of in the wrong on that matter. Yeah. Um, Which I'm glad that they. Fleshed that out a lot in um, uh, BFA, which was nice. Because that it was an interesting point where uh, in the original like medium, they made her father look very in the wrong. And then once you kind of hear like the Kul'Tiran side of the story, you're like, oh, this is this definitely feels a lot more gray and bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they pretty much are the poster children for originally working together. And then, well, I was gonna say, I can think of poster children for the exact opposite, which is the orc and the human on both uh covers of Warcraft 1 and Warcraft 2, respectively, that are growling at each other. Actually, in the the Battle for Azeroth mat, which I totally don't have on my desk right here because it literally references those two old box art styles, it's fine. I got a little overexcited because I was like, oh my god, they went back to the old box art and they like redid it and stuff. It was a good callback. It's a good callback. But- well, no, it's funny though that you mentioned the orc and the human from the covers because that even runs through BFA, the, hu- the human and the orc that were on the covers of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's sort of like three distinct groups. And I think this is kind of where we get the idea like, oh, there should be a third faction. Right. Which may may not really bear out. But it, it's it's all a numbers game. And we know like as, as evidenced by like the number of blood elves and then void elves and you know how many high elves there used to be and whatnot. Like the numbers are all very whatever they need to be at the moment kind of thing. But you've got like we focus on the 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 main characters, effectively the champions for lack of a better word. The the people that call us champion. That if you know that that if our characters like were in the game, we would probably be buddy buddy with. Like we'd probably go drinking with, you know, pick you know, Vol'jin, for example, when he was alive, or uh, you know, or, or Velen. You know, we'd we'd be on a first name basis with them at this point, hanging out with them. You know, when we're not raiding or whatever. And so, you've got your your rank and file in the horde. You've got your rank and file in the alliance. They probably won't work together. They're you know they're on the ground they're they're enmeshed in the conflict in a way 
that is they're enmeshed in the conflict in a way that is very low level, but also very kind of kind of removed and maybe not removed. Maybe they're more more involved in it, if anything, Mm -hmm. where their direct threat is an attack from the, you know, the, the other faction. They're very much the, you know, the foot soldiers there on the front lines. So when it comes time for them to, you know, put the animosities aside and work together, I would say they're like the last people to do that because they're used to, you know, being, you know, you know, having that animosity, having that hostility, being ready to, you know, fight the other faction when needed. They, you know, they're the people who I think when you think of the events like the burning of Teldrassil or, uh, you know, the, the sacking of Toraho. They're the people who I think would be most affected by that, who would most hold those grudges. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they're not the people that we interact with that much. I mean, we do. They're your standard quest givers, especially when you're leveling up through the, the zones. But when you get to like end game, then you start interacting with the Janas and the Thralls and the Banes and the Anduins. And, and you're really getting meshed in the, the upper level of character, the named characters. We see them interacting all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, look, look at war crimes as far as how much interaction there is between all the different faction leaders. Mm-hmm. and. You know, it's almost like they're the elite, the nobility, like they're on a separate level from like the the the, the peasants and the peons and the, the foot soldiers below. So when we see like, oh, like Bane and Anduin are getting along, why can't everybody else? It's it's they're not operating at the same level. And no. so, you know, we're like, oh, well, yeah, sure. Well, then the Torn and the human should be able to, fo- you know, form a third faction because Bane and Anduin are best friends. And they're not bringing their factions along with them that easily because the Torn are still going to hold resentments and the humans are still going to hold resentments. And it's easy to lose sight of that when we're so involved, you know, with, with the, the people here. I mean, this is what it means to get your reputation to exalted. Right. I mean, I mean, you think about it like Jaina and Thrall, their reputation status has to be exalted with all the factions because everybody in the world knows who they are. Yes. Well, that's, and that's one of those things where it's like, I feel like even most most people from most races that would if if you know um under the impression that they know who Thrall is they would respect him to some amount right cuz I'm like oh no big deal like even if they don't know all of the things he's done it's like oh yeah he was like a world aspect for I don't know like half an hour or an hour or however long that fight or altercation lasted but like he has enough renown that people would respect him and probably not just outright kill him, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of animosity towards him for just being an orc. Like, let's be real. Like, the Horde and Alliance have people that have been horribly wronged on both sides, and those, as you kind of said, like, those those feelings don't go away. They don't go away overnight, and some of them just don't go away, right? So, like, that's why there's always going to be some contention, especially at the the lower level of uh, you know, people who have had their farms burned down or like, you know, there are even people that go back to like the first and second wars that were like, I was just a farmer or whatever. I was, uh, you know, I had the orcs come through and kill and raid my village or whatever, you know, it could be the orcs being like, yeah, we had a little orc encampment that had women and children in it. And the alliance came through and they did the same horrible atrocities. Right. So and I mean, we don't even need to start talking about the elves because the elves have deep resentments that go back hundreds of thousands of years, but uh, the world is definitely different shades of gray. And I, I wish everyone could like skip and hold hands like Bane and Anduin, because those two are great. But yeah, it's, I mean, go ahead, Nick. Oh, no, I, I think it's telling, if, if, you know, because you talk about Thrall and like the decisions that, you know, that are, you know, the Alliance, you know, maybe holding some grudges against him. And Thrall has his flaws. I mean, in particular, He's responsible for Garrosh and Garrosh is interesting because Thrall appointed him because he thought Garrosh like better represented the will of the people. And Garrosh was very, very pro horde, very anti-alliance, very pro orc, very anti pretty much anything else. Um, But it makes sense if you figure like the bulk populace of the horde is anti-alliance. And so therefore, you know, Thrall who gets along with Jada, who, you know, is willing to work at a diplomatic level. And then you've got this, you know, we perceive him as a hothead because we're not looking at it from the same point of view as, you know, the random grunt in Orgrimmar who day in, day out is used to, you know, fighting the Alliance and, you know, that being the bad guy, you know, it, we're looking at it more from a level of all these characters that interact and, oh yeah, we like when Jada and Thrall interact and we like to see, you know, 
So Garrosh shows up and we're like, yeah, he's an asshole because he's, he's going against that. Even though like, you know, even by Thrall's own standards, like he represents the will of the people better. And I think it's interesting. Then we, we look at Jaina when she, you know, when she decides like she's had enough, she's fed up with the horde. She's ready to take them out again. At that point, she would be representative of, of the, the, you know, more so of the peon on the ground. Mm-hmm. And again, we look at her, we're like, what's wrong with her? Why is she, why is she in the wrong? Instead of saying like, okay, like this is, you know, like there's valid reasons for members of the Alliance to be hostile. We look at it because when you look at that, just that circle of faction leaders, you know, the loading screens that you see that are still from cataclysm there that uh, need to be updated. When you just look at that group, they're, they're very diplomatic at the, at, at least, if not in certain cases on the verge of becoming friends. and. That's what we want. We want to see everybody get along within that circle, and we don't think about the greater world. And in some ways, I think Jaina and, and I guess more recently Taronda better represent their people as far as showing their aggression. Yeah. And in some ways, it's actually refreshing to have more combative leaders when you think about it. Because, like, it's tough. Because I do want to see them, on the one hand, you want to see them get along. Because then you're like, oh, cool, we get to hang out with everyone, and the other leaders aren't, like, openly hostile towards me. Uh, like, we, uh, I know we kind of mentioned this earlier, but in the beginning of Legion, right, when we're on the broken shore and you see all of the like all factions working together, and you're like, oh, this is super cool. Like, you know, again, uniting against a greater threat. Uh, and then inevitably it goes sideways because it usually does when we start working together. <laughs> um, but it, it's kind of refreshing to also have like I know we've brought this up a lot as well, but like having the night elves go back to kind of their more savage uh, roots where they're just, I don't know, more willing to get their hands dirty instead of be more peaceful. Like, for watching some of them go back to, I don't know, remember some of these wrongs, and like you say, kind of be better in tune with the will of some of the people, I think that's very true. Like, when Jaina was, you know, had it up to here, <laughs> nobody can see that, but it's over my head, um, with the Blood Elves, right, and their betrayals, which... Really, there was just a faction of blood elves that were being jerks, but that wound up being bad for everyone. Like, it, it's understandable. And I'm sure a lot of people in Dalaran felt so, that contention, right? You know, like, are my blood elf neighbors gonna, you know, I don't know, betray me or something like that? Or, or just Horde in general? And I, it's actually interesting because, as far as I know, when we go to neutral cities, they do a pretty good job making sure that everyone feels very welcome. But... I haven't really seen any altercations. Like, I've seen a few. There's, like, um, oh, like, uh, uh, Gadget Zan. In Gadget Zan, uh, there's a goblin and a gnome, and they're not, like, really fighting. Uh, it's I'm trying to remember the gnome's name, but I'm pretty sure it's a Trixie. Uh, no, it's the. Shoot. It's the goblin lady that you. That's, like, your main quest giver on Kazan. And they're they're kind of fighting. They're kind of having at it. And there's some guy in the middle is like, okay, guys, stop it. Like, stop fighting. Neither of you are very good at this. Like, you know, but it show, goes to show you that there's still contention even in neutral areas, which is interesting. But we don't oftentimes get to see it because it's not like usually just a horde hub that becomes neutral or an alliance hub that becomes neutral. It's a neutral faction where we tend to gather. So, Right. The, the neutral cities are different because... Again, like you talk about like a different layer of a different class of people that, you know, when I, when I'm talking about like the average horde, you know, grunt or whatever, I'm thinking of somebody who's off like in the barons or, you know, stone talon, like, you know, one of the, you know, established horde strongholds where, you know, they're only really seeing the conflict from a certain thing. I think, you know, for most, I, I, I. I guess this is sort of a question uh, for like the, the the Warcraft universe, but like, how common do you think travel is amongst the lower class? I mean, just to get to Dalaran. I mean, we we're very privileged. We have like eight different Hearthstones. We, can, <laughs> we have we have portals that we can jump whenever we want, and that doesn't even count if you're a mage. I mean, we can right. go. We have complete freedom of travel. Yes. So we can go wherever, and it makes sense at that level. Again, we're used to engaging with the other faction on a, if not like a friendly level, at least a. You know, we have like a working relationship with them where we can put our grudge aside to, to take care of whatever we need. Plus, we can deal with them in like a, a, a mercantile fashion. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, okay, so we go to, you know, Shatrath. We go to Dalaran and we're like, okay, you know, you got to, you know, sheath your sword, you know, tie the, tie the peace knot or whatever. We're good with that. But like our, our most 
are most Azeroth citizens even making it there? I mean, they're certainly not going to Shatrath. Nobody's no. taking a tour of Shatrath. No, I very much. <laughs> Nobody's going it. there for a holiday. Um, but like, is Dalar like even uh, like you know Dalaran just hanging out above Ice Crown for years after the defeat of the Lich King? I mean, you know, you know, if I'm raising a family of four out in, in Duratar, am I like, hey, you know, I, I got some extra money from the pig farm this week. You know, let's go see the pet shop in Dalaran. Like, is that a thing that we would do? So to be fair, we know that the average person at least gets some travel because of those blood elf tourists that are standing <laughs> in Zandalar that have that selfie camera. So like... We know it happens, and I know there are other examples. That's just my favorite. Uh, and those could be particularly wealthy individuals, but they, they seem to be very much uh, more of the, like, the, the common folk, if you will. They're not heroes. So they, that makes it obvious by their garb. They look like um, just normal, normal citizens uh, <laughs> being blood elves as they are. Uh, get that ugly castle in the background. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. It's beautiful. But it's like... That gives me some, you know, some level of like, okay, there there must be some amount of travel that happens. And if these portals stay open in these major cities, maybe it's not too far-fetched that people do go through them. Now, I'm sure there's a ton of warnings. Goblins are slapping <laughs> warning stickers on them left and right. They're like, oh, pl please sign here, here, and here. Give over all your earthly goods here if something should happen to you. You have to, you know, sign like 20 forms and get a, a passport stamp or something. but. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, and this is perhaps a little ridiculous sounding, but if the portals were used for some amount of transportation and commerce, because, I mean, what, it would be a very efficient way to get tourism to some of the uh, less desirable areas. Katie thinks of Undercity as probably not being the number one tourist spot, but they, they need to have, you know, good flow as well, like goods and cash and that sort of thing. Um, so, and not anymore necessarily, <laughs> uh, but, like, it's just interesting to think about, like, Silvermoon is very isolated, uh, and it's interesting to, un like, think about how people get there, which, it, you know, a lot of books and stuff usually suggest that it's, uh, via Griffin or via land travel, which would take a very long time, uh, so the portals may or may not be as canonical, it's kind of hard to tell. Well Again, the thing is, like the portal, like we have we have access to the portal room in yes. Orgrimmar and Stormwind, um, but I, I I don't think like it'd be cool if like you saw like random NPCs that walk around the city. Every so often, one of them just like you know made a left turn, went down the stairs into the portal room, and then just right through a portal. Some of the guards do. I'm fairly certain. There's some people that like there are people that are uh, NPCs that have like some amount of gear on, and they run into portals. I have noticed that it's pretty okay, cool. Okay, um, but they're. But they, they have like gear on, so the implication is they're adventurers. Yeah. 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 So, because I mean, to be fair, it might be more of a suicide mission for anyone that's not even like a beginning adventurer to go out there if you're not ready to like fight a dinosaur. So. See, this is why I need to read, because um, I started the Exploring Eastern Kingdoms book. I got mm -hmm. East Exploring Calendar. I haven't opened it yet. Um, but I need to read those because I feel like that's, I mean, that's literal, those are literally travel logs. Yes. And so that would give an idea like, well, what, what does it feel like? Like, what is, you know, get a sense of like, what is the average person? Like, how much do they, how much do they know about the world of Warcraft? I mean, we know certain things have been like world spanning, like the, uh, like the Emerald Nightmare when it took everybody over that nobody seems to talk about, but we know that that happened to everybody or, uh, the cataclysm, you know, Deathwing run around burning everything. When you burn everything, you burn everything. So we know that happened to everybody. Um, you know, the Legion showing up that, you know, those, those were big things that affected everybody, but like, you know, like what, what, you know, like what is the, the average, uh, you know, like what is the average blood elf? And maybe the average blood elf is that couple with the, the selfie cameras, but what are they doing? Like <laughs> on a Saturday, are they, you know, presumably they're hanging out somewhere in silver moon. Are they, you know, are they traveling? Go, Hey, you know, today let's go, let's go to Boralus, you know, let's see what's going on there. It would be interesting. And I, I feel like. To some extent, it would be interesting to find out if some cities allow, like, for instance, the reasons I think about this is, like, goblins are, can be neutral, and a lot of them are, and 
before I think it was the Cataclysm when they redid Stormwind, there were there were goblins in Stormwind. I think they took them out because goblins became a playable race of the Horde, which I'm sure would cause some amount of confusion. But that still lets us know that, you know, like as a neutral faction, they were allowed, perhaps slightly begrudgingly, into cities. Uh it would be interesting to see if they I, I doubt they ever would allow uh, other races into the city. And I, I certainly don't think they will. Actually. That would be interesting. I don't think like being a lot like in a party with another faction. I don't think that will allow you to cross the city board boundaries. I'm no. pretty sure that's still going to flag you. Yeah, but it would be kind of interesting. Um, but again, like lore wise, it should flag you. You should be, you know, like flagged for PvP because the common person would be like, "Is that an orc?" And you'd be like, "I bet, I bet troll actually." But you know, <laughs> yeah, yes, I agree with you on that. Except for the fact that Bane was just hanging out in Anduin's throne room for no good reason. Uh, well, you know, he came in through a back door. Apparently. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they didn't just, like, have him walk through the gates of Stormwind. Because could you imagine, like, people be like, what is that? You're like, that's I don't know. I, part of me thinks that he should, though. Like, you know, have him come in on, like, a full, like, retinue with, uh, like, you know, on, on Kodos and everything. That would be and cool. Except, know, actually, like... like this, this, I'm just thinking of the streets of Stormwind. Like, are they even wide enough to get a Kodu through? Because they're kind of, they're pretty small in some areas. I mean, player Kodos probably, but RL right. Kodos. Well, they, they, well, I mean, the thing is, they have to be because we know people bring their Brewfest Kodos through there all the time. That's true. That's true. But not Torin sized Kodos. That is true. They have their little baby Brewfest Kodos. <laughs> they're so cute. Uh yeah, it, it would be nice to see more cross-faction cooperation on one hand, and on the other hand, it still feels wrong because that is a lot of the underlying story tension is just, you know, Horde versus Alliance, or, you know, people that are allied with the Horde or the uh, Alliance having contentions with another group. But it's kind of like Xandalar. Xandalar's kind of like, I don't like Kul Tiris, but... Like, maybe the rest, like, we went, all went to Mechagon, and that was fine. Except that the Mechagnomes decided to ally with the Alliance. And so we were like, are we friends with the Mechagnomes still? Are we not I, friends with the Mechagnomes? Do you think that we'd be okay with them? Because we helped, but I don't know, man. I got my mount. I got my mount from the island. I don't care. <laughs> they can do what they want now. Looks like it can burn for all I care. <laughs> I'm done there. I got all the achievements I'm going to get. I'm good. I pet that dog enough times to get the treats or I gave it treats to be able oh. to pet it, whatever. I did that yes. achievement. I'm all good. I'm done. I'm never, I never have to go back there. <laughs> but no, but I think the other problem is that when the factions work together, it feels like once they're working together, they shouldn't stop. Like yeah. you look at, look, look at BFA yep. like that. Like, the end of BFA really had people saying like, how are you going to like continue to keep the faction separate? Like you've basically, you, you know, like I said, at the end of BFA, you had Anduin and Bane hanging out, you know, Anduin returns the favor. He goes to, to Orgrimmar for Sorfang's funeral. Yep. So when you've got the faction leaders aligned on that level, and especially as much as we're talking about, like the populace is generally kind of having animosity and hating each other. At least at that point, everybody was united in their hatred of Sylvanas. Yep. That, you know, again, they found that one, you know, unifying threat to be against. You know, that's whenever, you know, there were the biggest calls. Like, why is there not a third faction? Why are you not going to start letting us at least, you know, like play together and, and start taking some of these barriers down? And, okay, so we're getting it basically like, you know, two, gosh, it is like two years since the end of BFA. Ugh. <laughs> oh, man, that is. Ugh, yeah. That, 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 that's been, yeah. Time. Wow. Time is not your friend. Apparently not. Time is not your friend, money. I know. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> Don't steal my catchphrase. I only got one. Ancestors, watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's, you know, I mean, and so in a way it would have made more sense yeah, for something like this to happen, to come out of the end of BFA. Maybe it doesn't, they don't give it to us in BFA. They could have given us at the beginning of Shadowlands or something like that. Especially again, because Shadowlands is a very non-factional 
expansion. I mean, it starts with a bunch of the different groups meeting in Ice Crown. We've had bifactional leaders, you know, abducted by Sylvanas. It's been very much a, you know, every champion kind of for themselves, but, you know, get with your covenant. Your covenant's going to have people from the other faction there mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to be working with. So, and I mean, even then, you've got Uther working with everybody. You got Draco working with everybody. They're representatives mm-hmm. of both factions, you know, and okay, they, they, they've died, so they've transcended the factional role, but they still, you know, they're still kind of showing like, yeah, you know, whatever race you are, you can work with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so in a way it makes sense, I guess, you know, better late than never in this regard, but I feel like the real narrative beat is like once we had everybody working together at the end of, of BFA, like that's really when it felt like it should be like, and now we're going to bring that down. So, okay. It took them a little bit longer to get that out. You know, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain. Everybody was excited about this announcement. I, yeah. I, well, I shouldn't say everybody. Well, I think there most ha- people a was handful, largely. A handful of vocal, you know, horde or alliance loyalists. I saw somebody, I, I want to say they were trolling, um, but they were like, yeah, you know, I'm glad we burned that tree and I'm disappointed that we're doing this. And I'm like, come on, like, you know, you don't need to be, you know, the whole point of this too is that it's opt in. So you can still sit there in, you know, whatever chat you want to sit in and, you know, be like, uh, you know, extremely hostile to the opposing faction and you can have that corner of the world for yourself. Uh, you know, the rest of us will be over, you know, playing with our friends. I was going to say enjoying ourselves. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like game wise. I think it's a definitely a great move. Like lore wise, I, I think it, it makes sense too, because like at this point, if you think about in, I know it depends a lot of people's like, own headcanon depends on when their hero picked up their their journey but canonically most of the heroes if we think that they've been going from let's say the very beginning of wow they've worked together a lot like you've probably crossed paths with each other many times like whether it's deathwing or arthas or pandaria whatever it is and whenever you know your hero began their journey they've come across the their uh, the other faction multiple times and not always in a contentious way so like, I mean, if you think about it, almost at the end of every expansion, we come together for something. Like, there's some bigger threat, like Argus or Gul'dan or, you know, again, whoever it is, um, Arthas, you name it, right? <laughs> so, and sometimes even during the middle of an expansion, that happens too. So it makes sense that, like, our heroes, at least, might have strong enough familiarity that they could group up with someone of the opposite faction. Uh, and I actually, I don't know if we want to go into this, but I know that we had an email uh, that asked us a question about this and I was going to roll it into my characters because I had some lore about my characters knowing people from the opposite faction. Okay, well, uh, yeah, let me... Uh, yeah, I need to just, like, was... throw you under the bus there. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's fine. That's not, no, so, so we, we got a, another email from CPT Grinner. Uh, he said, uh, I was honestly thrilled to hear you both respond to my inquiry on an episode. I'm still listening and really appreciate the response. I'm sad that you won't be live on Twitch anymore. I was never able to catch you live, but these things happen. I look forward to any and all future episodes. And perhaps one, one day soon, I'll send Katie a comprehensive arena backstory Yay! to my Drain IDK Thrados. Ooh. I can't wait. As, I want to hear it. As for another question, if you all do not mind, at least for your main characters, what sort of headcanon do you have for your characters' travels in the Shadowlands? Were they or are they sympathetic to Sylvanas? And do they believe she can be redeemed or do they want her head for her crimes? I find this a difficult, difficult thing to form sometimes as I'm questing and traversing the afterlife as far as my character's role in all of this, but I'm forming something. Again, thank you so much for the response. It had me beaming as I listened on my delivery route. Keep up the great work, you two. Your loyal fan, CPT Grinner. So thank you, CPT Grinner, for the email. Thank you. Uh, great to hear from you again. Keep up the good work delivering. Um, Katie, if you want to address that first, uh, since you brought it up. Yes. Okay. So uh, I will say, I will, I guess, tie in uh, the first part, what got me to mention this. Uh, My Horde characters actually work with Alliance characters on occasion. Um, I have a good friend of mine. We do a lot of role play together. uh, And we've actually started to, we have this whole web of characters. uh, And some of them are Horde and some of them are Alliance. Uh, (laughs) uh, Some of them are married. But that's, you know, we kind of go out where it's like, at some point, They've got to make friends with people at the Alliance. Like they've, uh, Clanker, my, my tune, I obviously, I started him 
mostly in Pandaria. Like that's when I really started to make his backstory. Uh, I mean, he had some in Cataclysm, but I thought of him as a, he was a little baby in Cataclysm, not not physically, but he was my my baby tune. Um, but he got to know a lot of the Alliance characters, um, and so he had a lot of friends there. And so it's one of those. One of them actually wound up being his wife later, who is a night elf, which is very weird to some people I know. It's a very long story, but he loves his night elf wife very much, and he is very short, and she is very tall, and I love that dynamic. You can't, <laughs> you can't convince me otherwise. They're wonderful. Um, but of course, uh, and they, I had their uh, whole marriage planned a long time ago, and then, of course, the tree burned. And then I'm sitting here with Clanker, who's a shaman. He very much tries to be uh not neutral but he he tries to be more neutral to both sides because he's part of the earthen ring that he's like i i am first a shaman of the earthen ring then i'm a member of the horde um and so you know he burned down the tree which was his wife's home ancestrally and he's like this is bad so they have some marital contentions in the shadowlands it just because you know he was with Sour Fang when they did that. And so she's like, did you know this was going to happen? And he's like, no, I had no idea. So that's a whole like narrative spiral that I'm not going to take you guys down in this, this specific podcast. Um, but when, you know, talking about characters that do or don't know uh, people from the other faction, it is really interesting when you think of it from a roleplay perspective, because it can really get like super gnarled, especially if you think of like Bud's Clanker's wife at, Lordaeron, yes, was she like hurling boulders at Lordaeron and attacking his people? Yes, because she was very mad about the tree. And I don't blame her. Um, <laughs> I'll stop <laughs> going down that lore tunnel uh, to answer the question about the Shadowlands, though, because that's very exciting. And I'm glad you asked this question because I sat here and I had to noodle on it because at first uh, I'm a raider. So there, I was looking up different um, covenants for Clanker to join, and they're like, okay, the best one to join is Maldraxxus for healing. And I was like, oh man, like Maldraxxus would not be my first pick for him to go there. And so I started thinking about it, like, let's make him go there in my headcanon as well, because we'll see what happens. And so that's him... And he's somewhat of a re reflection of me at times. So I apologize for that. But, you know, he's very like untrue. He's like, everything is dead. Everything is gross. And it's lumpy and fleshy. And I don't like it. But, you know, his one of his best friends is a Forsaken. He's like, I'm trying to keep an open mind. He's like, okay, open mind, open mind. I usually like deal with things that are very alive. And this is not my cup of tea. He's like, I thought I was going to go to the place with the nice paladin people. Didn't go there. <laughs> but... He comes to really love Meldraxxus once he starts to understand the people there. And he becomes uh, very, like, entrenched, not necessarily in just their politics, but, like, what they represent as people. Like, the the people that go to Meldraxxus and, like, he, you know, he gets excited because he's like, oh, I, I see, like, people that I've heard of before. And I don't necessarily know all of these people, but, like, he, he wasn't there for Lady Vash, right? Like, he, he didn't kill her. He was not anywhere near there. He was still on Kazan living his best life before the island blew up. Um, but it's, he, he wouldn't have picked to go there. Uh, and he was, I guess I wouldn't say he was surprised, but like, I think the way that I had kind of pitched it in my head is that like, it was almost more like an assignment. It's like, Hey, do you get to go here? Like, this is where like you would go. And he's like, why on earth would I go here? Like this, this doesn't make any sense to me. And it's like, once he goes there and starts interacting with the people, he's like, this actually makes more sense to me. Um, that's how I did with Clanker. <laughs> that's how I justified joining that covenant, which I wound up loving. So I'm actually super glad that that was the best covenant for me to join. Cause otherwise I probably would have gone with Bastion and I wound up loving Meltraxis. Uh, my second character that I'll talk about, because then I'll give Nick a chance to jump in here, uh, <laughs> is my Volpira, actually, whose name is Kizari. Uh, and I decided to, instead of, you know, everyone's like, oh my god, they're so cute, I love the Volpira, like, a woo, whatever. And I was like, no, no, I want to make a super vicious Volpira that's cunning and mean. And so she is this super cruel Volpira. She has like bones on her and stuff. I put her in Revendreth. I'm like, oh yes, she would love this. She's like all the backstabbing, all the like plotting and scheming. I'm like, I'm putting her in Revendreth. Like, I also need an excuse to put someone in Revendreth, but she was like number one on the chart. So I was like, who would I ever put in there? Most of my characters are not schemey, right? And I was like, 
she would love it. She would just be like, she'd soak that all up and she's sitting there just like filing her super sharp nails and I've got her all decked out and like all of this court. So I'm, again, a bit of a dork. I have both like a court set for her. So like regal wear and then I have like her armor and then like I have a hybrid between the two when she tries to like intimidate people. She'll wear like parts of her Volpira armor that are rather aggressive looking and I I, I just have so much fun with that. So those are the two that I picked. Uh, that was my justification for them going there. Lore-wise, they they probably would actually both wind up there uh, when they die. But uh, they're having their best time there while they're alive and making a lot of frenemies for some people's, in some people's cases. Clanker's making friends. Kizar's <laughs> making frenemies. <laughs> See, the one thing I wonder about the Shadowlands, like making, making friends there is, I mean, because every expansion, we always kind of see some of the characters that we met brought along with us to the next place. Um, you know, in particular, I think I like seeing the, the Tonka joining the Earth and Ring and the Cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or the, or the Ethereals popping up after Burning Crusade, stuff like that. And so I know going forward, like we're going to see the brokers, like they've yes. set up that they're going to show up on Azeroth. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be, you know, setting up shop wherever that's fine. Um, but I, I, I do wonder, like, I mean, like, you know, you look at Orbos and the way Orbos has grown that, you know, when you first got there, it was very vacant. And then as you started on opening the portals around, then you started getting all the different NPCs from the other zones there. And now it's a bustling city with all mm-hmm. the, the covenants represented. Makes sense. And so I just wonder, like, are we going to see the occasional, you know, like Kyrian just like wandering around Orgrimmar going forward? I kind of doubt it. I I, I doubt it too, but I, I think that might be neat to, you know, to just kind of continue the relationship between these between these realms. I very um, much would love to see. Like, I don't know how we could even talk across because I think it's technically a different dimension. Um, like, I don't know how we could even cross that. I mean, apparently we can with portals. But I'm like, how do you even like talk to people? Do you, like, do you send somebody with a bag of mail and they have to go sort it and like throw it through each of the portals? Like, I I don't know. It's um, I don't. I would very much love to see them, but like, I don't even know if they can cross into our plane of existence. They have to be. We've seen uh, Draka do it. Oh, that's true. That's right. Yeah, with the um, uh, in her her short in her little yeah her short which we yeah. So I mean, there's to some to some degree like they they have to be able to come back. I mean, that would be, I mean, as much as like you know you, we've seen stuff like the the torn of that ritual where they can talk to the the ancestors at Red Rocks. Yeah. Um, you know, like so we've seen the ability for like you know to, to sort of summon your ancestors for a little chat here or there. Like it's weirder to think like oh no like Agra could arbitrarily just like or not Agra Draka could just show up and be like hey weekend with the family I'm gonna hang yeah, out in Orgrimmar right. <laughs> you know or like oh you know or like hey you know like uh, you know Thrall and Agra need a night out you know can can uh, Draka come down and like watch the kids for a weekend or something send, I mean, send the kids to the, the land of d- the dead just like yeah it's right fine. right yeah go hang out in Eldraxis yeah you know because you know the the other side of it too is that I, you know talking about like uh, you know where like a, a family you know. Azeroth might take trips. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like Pandaria is very scenic yep. and has some nice like you know v- views and probably could handle some tourism. Um, I'm thinking Zandalar, like you pointed out, like we see the uh, mm-hmm. the the blood elf couple there. I mean, clearly that's got some uh, you know touristy value, but also Bastion. Yeah, I know Bastion would be beautiful. Bastion, Bastion could really open up a tourism, and you've got those fields, and you could just have you know people. You know, you just have to. You know, bring them to the afterlife and then send them back. But yeah, like, yeah, there's there's a market there. To be fair, I think you could argue that for just about any place. Like, as much as most people would disagree, I mean, Meldraxxus, you'd have to get over the smell first. But the arena, the arena would be pretty cool. I could see that, like, that being a favorite pastime of warriors if they oh, wanted yeah. to go hang out in the arena. It's like I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Like, yeah, yeah like, bl- bl- when you go to Meldraxxus, just stick to these places. Don't go off the beaten path. It's really not so bad in Meldraxxus. Like, it's fleshy and kind of gross. And you need probably need to wash your hands a lot. But, like, other than that, it's not nearly, like, I feel like Rivendreth feels more murderous than Meldraxxus. Meldraxxus just feels kind of fleshy and lumpy. No, yeah. M- M- Meldraxxus has places you don't want to go just because it's kind of, like, not pleasant to be there. No, Revendreth is like, no, like they have a wrong side of the tracks. Like, and they don't, you also don't want to be on the tracks because you'll get hit by a carriage. <laughs> to be fair, though, I 100% would go to Theotar's tea party. Like, if I got an invitation, I'm like, I am getting on the next super dark, creepy carriage driven by, um, oh gosh, what are they called? 
Uh, oh, the uh, the dredgers. Dredgers. Yes, I love dredgers. Everyone knows that. I love dredgers. Um, yeah, that'd be. I'd be like out there going to tea. I feel like that would be an experience, though. Like, like if that was a tourist attraction, is like holding court in Rivendreth or just like watching someone hold court. I would. I. I'm not gonna lie. I would vacation in Rivendreth for sure. Uh, I'd probably die, but I would be happily dead because I'd be like, this is super cool. And they'd be like, now we can't get rid of her. Dang it. I had some other expletives, but I'm not going to say them here. <laughs> what, what Revendreth needs, what Revendreth needs, and this this would require some goblin, may, maybe some gnome uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, architect, architecture and, and definitely some mages. Um, but you take the, uh, the Ember Ward mm-hmm. and you get rid of some of the buildings there and you put in a giant lake. And then you just make it a beach. Aha, uh-huh, I like where you're going with this. Very and then n- now you can take the Ember Warden, you know, the living tourists that you get. Okay, the light's still probably going to burn them. I think it burns your character. So, you know, you're going to have to get some sunscreen, some umbrellas. But really, like, we've all had days at the beach that are like that, where you just got, you know, you don't want to step on the sand because it's way too hot. It's like rent a so, parasol, you know? It's, it's Exactly, right. exactly. So I, I think there are... If they can just get some engineering resources in there, I think Renathal has options as far as how he can open that up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just imagining him in a room filled with goblins arguing over architecture and structures and him just sitting there in the middle, just like trying to rub his temples, being like, I can't believe someone talked me into this. This is the worst plan we've had probably since we've existed. And he's like, but think of the tourism, sir. He's like... Oh, and someone just like slides over a pineapple with one of those little like umbrellas in it. He just starts sipping. He's like, yeah, I suppose. Oh, this is pretty good. You know, maybe you don't even have to tear down all the architecture because you can use some of it existing to make like a big water slide. No, no, I know. But I'm just like uh, trying to imagine the goblins being like, all right, now we're going to need to get it in the shredders or like whatever. The backhoe is like all the things. He's just like, the noise. Oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I contracted with them. They're blowing up half of the Ember Ward, which I mean, I guess is maybe an improvement, but it seems kind of haphazard. And I'm like, welcome to working with goblins. They'll get there. They have plans. Sometimes they just don't stick to the plan because, you know, plans are boring. (laughs) (laughs) They're creative. That's what they do. No, it it would be it would be interesting if any of the uh, leaders had to work with non-heroes of the races in any capacity. I feel like that would be rather rather funny. But that being said, I want to see Prince Renethal and Theotar outside of the Shadowlands because they're two of my favorites. They should go touring Azeroth. That would be... Theotar would for sure. He just with his little parasol and his little dredgers that are holding the, the tea tray, like he 100% would. Uh <laughs> I do want to see him on a beach. One of his little poofs is on fire and he's just like, lovely. I I do wonder if we have exploring Eastern kingdoms and we have exploring Kalimdor, are we going to next get exploring outland? Maybe. Because we could work our way through and then, yeah, at some point we could get to exploring Shadowlands where, yeah, they could take Renathal and Theotar and have them make the circuit and, you know, check out the mall and, you know, update us on whatever's going on by the time that book comes out. I feel like Theotar would be one of the best authors because he's like, unreliable at best and just like all over the place like i just i would live to have him scribbling in the margins of anything it just just about tea just completely nonsensical scribbles i have nothing to do with that for passages on the page would he start writing about a certain topic and then just kind of ramble and get off topic and go off topic for pages and then finally have to come back to the thread I mean, he probably wouldn't come back to the thread he'd just keep going (laughs) let's be real it's kind of like what we do you don't say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if we just got the dream team of like, I don't know, the Shadowlands most unhinged, but still uh, neutrally friendly people together to write a book, it would be, be great. Or not even the most unhinged, but um, oh, I was trying to remember the, this is going to drive me nuts. The alchemist in Meldraxxus, uh, he becomes a shadow. Oh, um, um, Ma- was it not Malekith. Um, is it Malekith or Mac? Ma- mm- I don't think he, so. He's, he's in my... Yes, he's right there. He's, I, he's my soul. I'm, I'm, <gasps> Kevin! No, he's not my soul. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Kevin for a moment, it, you guys. I'm it's, sorry. It's something like Malekith. Yes. Um, but yes, him. Uh, yeah, because it's... Uh, 
gosh, that's going to bother me. I'm sorry. I haven't been to my uh, my covenant in a while, which I know very much shame on me. It's 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 not good of me to do that. Um, but yes, like imagine him and Theotar and then maybe Pelagos and um, uh, the guy from what's his name? Oh, my goodness. I feel so bad that I'm forgetting his name from the Ardenweald cinematic. The the Oh, why can't I remember his he's, name? He's he's. He's dead. Though, oh, is, isn't he? is he dead? I didn't think he died. Maybe he did. Aralon? Maybe he did. From the guy from the Art Wheel Cinematic? Yeah. yeah. I don't think you ever finished. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> I I didn't finish the like the campaign. Did he die? In the, or I, I finished like the the overarching campaign of the area, but I didn't. Yeah, but you didn't do the actual like night night fake campaign. No, I didn't. didn't oh, well, no, oops. No, yeah, he, his ghost then or something. He, I don't know. <laughs> No, better yet, I just want to see you, Sarah, hunched over in, like a tiny book with like a tiny quill and trying to write in margins in the. Why would she do that? She could just turn into elf form. Because she it's has more actual hands. Also, I want to see a dragon try and write. She probably could. I bet she has beautiful calligraphy. Actually, she'd surprise me. <laughs> She's a very dainty lady. She'll, okay, she'll show up over in Revendreth and start writing all the invitations for everybody. Oh, <gasps> that would be cool. I don't think she can though. She 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 is bound to Arnwheel. Probably. So like when people go there, she's the well, one that gives the tour. She so she'll just have to like ship them by you know by mail or whatever. Like she'll just <laughs> do the invitations. She's like a Disney tour guide, but she's like really bored because she's doing it for the millionth time. She's like well, over here. You will see on your left. <laughs> remember, she's trying to get out from working in the salon, so she's probably oh, going to be right. in, in, the, in the office of the salon. <laughs> You know, taking their stationery and writing these these beautiful invitations, and then you know she'll have like a night fay, like you know, ferry them to a dredger who brings them to oh Talthos or Theotar or whomever. Sorry, just and then they get to send their invitations out. Just the image of her as a giant dragon, right? And like you know, when people are like trying to wet their their pen or whatever, it's like this tiny, tiny little like feather quill and this tiny little invitation she just like daintily takes it just like taps it on her giant dragon tongue and then writes in this like beautiful flowing cursive <laughs> on these tiny little invitations i'm sorry the mental there's image is a, killing me it's beautiful th there's a book series uh that we have uh for the kids uh it's called uh i think it's like how do dinosaurs and then there's different ones like how do dinosaurs say i love you how do dinosaurs oh. uh, celebrate christmas and, i think i have the christmas you one. know Oh, you, oh, so you know what the series I'm talking I think about? So. Because they've got these very beautifully illustrated dinosaurs, like in full size scale, maybe not full size scale, but massive. And they're hanging out in like a human size home, like trying to fit into beds, sit in chairs, <laughs> eat dinner. Um, so it's very, it's very humorous. And I think it would, it would fit the, uh, if you know the book, then you know what I'm talking about, but it would, it would fit the style you're talking about with like mm -hmm. Ysera in dragon form trying to write with a tiny little quill. There's just something about that imagery that just. I don't know why. It's magnificent. I, I love it. Sorry, Sarah. <sighs> but anyway, I think that actually is going to wrap us up here. I really don't have much in the way of headcanon for my Torin being in the Shadowlands. He's just kind of following instructions and wants to get home at this point. Um, so he's just ready to, you know, take down the jailer. Uh, but thank you for the email, CPT Grinner. We uh, look forward to hearing yes. from you again. And anyone else you want to send us an email, uh, we will share the, it. Uh, Want to hear about my extremely long head cannons? Right. Yeah. If you have any questions for, for Katie, it's Torn Goblin at Mash. You don't want uh, to. GG. But uh, yeah, so that's going to, I think that's going to wrap us up here. I think the end, end verdict here is that we are very much in favor of yes. cross-faction ratings. So it'll be so. great because then I can play with people that have, you know, put their nose up at me before. How could they? How dare they? Goblins should be everywhere. <laughs> They can't put their nose up at you because you're too. They have to put their nose down to look at you. Well, I've never been so offended. I'm gonna climb up on your shoulders then, and then we'll see who's putting <laughs> whose nose up who. That's true. If you climb on my shoulders, I will have to put my nose up. I, actually, I have to put my neck up yeah, because I'm always sticking it out. <laughs> like ha ha. Torn hunch. <sighs> but yeah, so this has been episode number one forty one. I want to. Thank you to Jarrett for producing. Thank you to Kurabara for editing. And thank you for downloading and listening. We are at Torn Goblin on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Katie, where can people find you? As always, you can find me at HyruleMaster77 on Twitter. And please tell me your headcanons for your characters because I would love to hear them. I don't care if they're like 20 pages. I will, I will, I promise I'd read the whole thing. <laughs> And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mesh Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk. 
talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, talking about the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. This week, if the episodes line up, I believe we're talking about Project Overlord. So go check that out. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions at Goblin at mash.gg. Again, thank you to CPT Grinner for the email. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. Visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link, as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. The opinions expressed on this show are the expressed opinions of the host and are not representative of Blizzard Entertainment. All place names and character names from World of Warcraft used are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment, Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended. For Katie, I'm Nick. Ancestors watch over you. Time is, uh... Oh, I had this. Time is allied groups, friends. <laughs> multifactional rating! That's what I was gonna try and say. Time is multifactional rating, friends. There we go. Katie biffed it. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the first time I've done that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 